Please be seated. If you were to go online to the website Etsy, uh, which is an online store for handmade and kind of niche items, and you searched for Mark chapter 9, verse 37, you would find hundreds of wall posters, tea towels, decor items, and greeting cards that read, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And I am sure that that verse adorns many a nursery and a church school around the world because it is always good for children to be reminded that Jesus loves them and that Jesus cares for them and wants them to be a part of what he has going on. And it is a sweet sentiment. It is also so much more profound than we give it credit for being. In the ancient world, children, unlike even servants, had no economical value in the household. They were completely dependent, with no power, no sense of personhood, and were considered owned property. The fact that Jesus not only equates himself to a child, but also equates a child to God, would have been an inflammatory statement to those gathered. This is a world that valued power, monetary worth, and imperial status, and children had none of this. And yet not only did Jesus call families of all kinds, older and younger, Jesus taught that children and all those whose society ignored are the ones to sit at the right hand of God. It was a demonstration that all people have worth, and indeed those who have a sense of humility will find favor with God. Everyone has a place, no matter how undervalued they may seem to others. And even more than this, Mark describes Jesus and the little child right after giving an inscrutable commentary about Jesus' death and resurrection and his identity as the Messiah. The proximity of this messianic proclamation to Jesus' lesson about welcoming children suggests to me that God's plan of salvation through Jesus is intimately tied to welcoming those who are the most vulnerable. This is no saccharine, overly sweet portrayal of Jesus, gentle and mild. This is one that showcases that in the eyes of God, people who surrender their power are the greatest of all. And it is shockingly difficult for any community to hold such a standard. Even the apostles struggled over who would be considered the most important. Churches around the world ask these questions. Who do we value? To whom do we listen? Which group of people is the most worthy of investment so that we can stay afloat? Who is the greatest among us? These are the wrong questions. Because the answers to those questions, according to Jesus, is we value everyone. We listen to everyone. And every group is worthy of investment for a thriving church. It is easy to say that we welcome everybody. But being truly inclusive is much harder to achieve. Now, there are lots of sermons to be preached 
from the idea of welcoming the most vulnerable. But I'd like to take this opportunity to address and rejoice in one of the biggest gifts that we at Christ Church have been given by God, and it is this. On any given Sunday, we have people at almost every age here in our sanctuary, from two months old to 90 years old. We are, to use a church buzzword, intergenerational. Though it is not enough to just exist as such, it takes a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of humility to grow more fully into a place that is not a kid's church. It is not a traditional church, but a church for all people just as they are. So instead of asking who is the most important and who is the greatest, here are some of the questions that I ask myself when I challenge myself and wonder what it means to be a place that is welcoming. Are children the future of our church? Are we waiting for them to grow up, to start serving at the altar, become a little quieter, understand God a little more, sit a little bit more still? Or are they also the present of our church, not the future, the present? Are they bringing something with them into this space just as they are right now? Are older members the past of our church? Are we just wishing that people could hear better and walk easier and not need as much help? Or are they too the present of our church? What kind of wisdom and life experience and joy are they bringing into this space? And are we honoring it fully? In order to be an intergenerational community, we must understand the call for each individual to give up something for the greater mission of being together, affirming that everybody from our youngest to our oldest has something to offer us now. We all have a need to feel valued just as we are, not valued for what potential we represent or for what we used to be. We are a community with people ages two months to 90 years old that's a lot of life, and what a gift. All of us are hosts of the Holy Spirit right now, today. So to every one of you, you belong here. Whatever vulnerability or questions you might bring in with you, and we all bring them, it might be nervousness that your infant might start crying in the middle of the sermon or that your toddler will run up and pull the parapet off the altar and use it as a cape. Your teenager will fall asleep. Or you're worried you can't hear very well. Or you're stressed at work. You miss a loved one. You miss the way things were. If you don't feel heard, if you are brand new and know nobody, you have value. You make this community better. You have so much to offer. And the same holds for those next to you, behind you, in front of you. And so when we pass the peace this morning, I invite you to move beyond our perfunctory good morning elbow bumps or peace signs. Truly wish peace to your neighbors. Give them grace and say, I'm glad you're here. 
Perhaps our gospel story about little children is often used as cute decor in nurseries, but maybe it is an even more powerful message that is worth remembering. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. When we welcome one another just as we are, we welcome God into our midst. In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer.